0: Howdy all! It's our last show of 2017. Hey! Uh, we will not be here on New Year's Day, obviously. Russ will be at the Winter Classic at City Field, where a losing baseball team plays. Uh, <laughs> and we won't we won't be here on the second because Russ will be making his way to Champion City, Buffalo. Yeah and um and i and i will be probably either covering the world junior or covering the leafs tampa game um so i'm not sure right by now by champion city you're talking about the bandits right yeah yeah exactly the buffalo bills of the afl that's yeah. what i'm talking about <laughs> um i have to say and anthony you're not exposed to this because you actually work a real job 9 to 5 or 8 8 to 5 or whatever the heck it is for a teacher 6 to 5 um but the if you watch any of these morning shows on television, I swear they're they're brain cell killers. Any anybody, anybody who watches Megan Kelly or uh, 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 Kathy Lee and Hoda or uh, Kelly Kelly and Ryan Seacrest, you know. I, of course, I I it's in the it was in the background today as I was writing my story, and I'm like. How can anybody watch this and not like want to do an Elvis on the TV with a baseball bat?
1: Yeah, that's one of the advantage. Yeah, you're right. There's a bit of an advantage there with me being at work uh, in my job, so I don't have to regularly expose myself to it. But sometimes when I'm off, if I got to bring the car, the place I attend to see these shows will be if I got to bring the car in for service, and I'm right. waiting. It'll be that long, so I'm stuck thirty minute, thirty an hour minutes to an hour, and I'm watching it, and I'm going. You can literally feel the brain cells leaking out of your <laughs> ear uh, going down. It's like – it's it's like a – it's almost like a – it's like a – like it's like you're being put on some kind of a drug watching it in many ways. It's like – It should be like scanners. Like if you so get to a point – It's not even – I don't even want to call it opium in this case because opium, you know, potentially in this case, you know. Fentanyl. it's it's, it's, yeah, it's not something that's expanding your mind. It's causing it to turn into mush, and it's – I don't know how, I don't, I don't want to say this in a way that would seem insulting to the older generation, but it seems like it's geared in towards a very sort of 80s-esque yeah. um, just disposable disposable information, cotton candy information that I really, you know, I'm kind of glad that I, I you know, the job that I have that I'm stuck watching it in the morning. Uh, now because that you say that, I. I I, I don't want insulting to like my parents' generation or anybody who's older than me. It's yeah. just if you're retired, if you're at, they're at that retirement age now, and they're like, you know, they may flick it on, and it's like, it is background noise as Michael. But, said.
2: Yeah. Here's here's my take. I, I don't watch any of it. Never have. Um, I just never enjoyed it. But like my thing is, is I saw when I was at the diner, they did have Ryan. I saw Ryan Seacrest on, and I was having a conversation saying like why do I even care who's on for New Year's Eve anymore? When I was a little kid, Dick Clark was a great thing. I get it. When Dick Clark passed away, I no longer cared about who was on New Year's Eve. And I probably didn't care for the last 15 years of Dick Clark to be to be real. Mm-hmm. My parents cared about Guy Lombardo, if anybody remembers that guy. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but the idea is, does anybody even care about those shows? It's all taped. Nobody's yeah. playing live. Unless somebody plays live on top of the Empire State Building,
0: I'm not tuning in. Well, the the performer, yeah, the the performers I never cared about, uh, but but you know it, there was something. But in recent years, and I didn't watch them, but everybody seemed to be like all a flutter about Anderson Cooper and Kathy Griffin, and obviously that's dead because Kathy Griffin oh, yeah. killed killed her career with a, a stupid joke. Um, but. Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I, I I flip on like the news station just to just to see. Okay, it's twelve o'clock. Actually, what I'm going to do this year, and and this is the ultimate nerdiness, but I'm going to do it. Uh, following, you know, I follow musical performers on Twitter, and one of them that I do follow is Phil Collins, who's one of my favorite drummers of all time. And um, he said a few a few weeks ago, if you start the song in the air tonight at eleven fifty six and forty seconds. At twelve midnight, you get the the drum the the drum intro the didn't didn't <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna do that because I if, I if I'm not out, I'm gonna do that because that's
1: that's pretty that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, just, everybody's <laughs> taken the idea and have now extrapolated it because you take a good idea as we all do in society and then. Eat it to a bloody pulp. And now this I've is seen marketing. It.
2: All this is, is some guy who's running PhilCollins.com. Phil Collins doesn't even care other than what old CD can they repurpose and sell you today. And you yeah. know that, Mike. Uh, and uh, now they, they just, got you for
1: this. Yeah, I can't get Collins Wars on Hockey Buzz.
0: They totally hooked all, you All in. I know is all I know is then, <laughs> then we'll start the show. The most disturbing thing. Is when they reissued all of Phil Collins' albums. The the, the 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 worst idea that they did was to take the covers of face value of "Hello, I Must Be Going." And uh, do them today. <laughs> well, no, no. Of all the albums, and they took current pictures of Phil. Right, right. It was a bad idea. It was a horrible. I mean, he he looks like an old cringe. It's like yeah, it it's not a smart
2: idea. Whoever whoever thought of that, I agree. It's a bad idea now. I don't know if you guys, last thing is we should say if we're doing New Year's resolutions. I will tell you, I am not a New Year's resolution guy. I have never believed in them. It, I, why all of a sudden do I wait until it's the next year to say, you know, I'm going
0: to do this better. I'm going to do that better. I should do better all the time, shouldn't I? Yeah. Like, that's my take on it. Well, the thing that pisses me off about New Year's resolutions is, like, you know, I go to the gym. And it becomes a pain in the ass the first week and a half of January. Right, because everybody's all gung-ho. Right. When all these, when all these idiots are there taking up all the, all the really exercise. Like
1: use, Mike is not available because some guys come in. I know, you know, when I was right. regularly going to the gym, that was, you know, to, you know, this year.
0: So, I mean, you know, stay at home for those 10 days when you try to convince yourself that you're going to drop 75 pounds, which you're not going to just go to McDonald's and eat a Big Mac. Forget it. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> On on that that pleasant and and optimistic (laughs) note. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, December 29th,
1: 2017. I'm Anthony Maggioni from Center Ice Philly Magazine.
2: I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology and also Center Ice Philly Magazine.
0: And I'm Michael Agello and this is the Hockey Buzzcast. And I feel short here because I I don't have anything else other than Hockey Buzz. But look at all
2: those diplomas you have
0: behind you, Mike. You've got oh, that. That I am incredibly smart. Some of them are my dad's, but not not all of them. Some of them are mine. You can't I,
1: this, see it. Is it. <laughs> this is the. <laughs> Yes, Doctor Angelo. Please <laughs> continue. This
0: is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, okay, let's start. Let's start with the World Junior. Uh, I wanted to start with this again. We touched on it yesterday, but it it, it got more momentum again. Yeah, uh, uh, yesterday with the uh, attendance at the U.S. Slovakia game, and I, I really think this is sort of a bit of a red herring because, as I've said, and I think this is the case. <laughs> I mean, Buffalo's taking a hit right now because the crowds for the two Canada games, the Canada Slovakia game, was not well attended. It was less well attended than Canada's first game against Finland. Uh, the U.S. Slovakia game was not as well as attended as the first U.S. game against Denmark. And I, um, Anthony, you first. I think this is of. those games are victim being victimized by the outdoor game today. Because they're, they're expecting forty thousand people. And I think people want to go to the showcase event and not a blase
1: preliminary game. I think it's that, you know, it, 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 just the attra- I think even if this was an indoor game too, I think US Canada is still going would still be the one that everybody's gonna to go to. Right. But add you know, income at this point of the year, the amount of money that people spent for the holidays and things of <laughs> that sort, and how much money they spend on Bill's games that they're up in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, and games during the year, there's only so much inc- there's only so much disposable income to go around for multiple games. And again, they're going to go to the games that again, they know they're going to know something potentially about the Canadian players and the Canadian and the Canadian fans who are coming down. Obviously, know plenty about the American players. It's tough sometimes to get the blood flowing for a preliminary game against you know, not preliminary game, but a turning pre, um, pre-round robin game against Slovakia. It's just yeah. who are those players on that team that you can lock in on in this circumstance? It's tough. And I do think it does it is hyping up things a little bit too much in terms of that. But I think again, it does go back to fans' income in this circumstance and what they're gonna be willing to drop money down for. And it, it is, it is a showcase event. And that's what people are gonna wanna lay out their hard earned money for, as cold as it may be out there at New Era Field.
2: Well, I, I think it's a combination. I think it's it's the it's the dollar. And I also think it's when Canadian fans are coming over the bridge, they're working. They're not coming midweek. They didn't go midweek in 2011. So I don't know what, what they were expecting. They're going to go to their games. And Buffalonians as a whole are not going to Canadian games. They're going to go to the U.S. <laughs> games. But if they're going to the outdoor game, which seats 40000 yeah, well, what's left to spend on? <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think that's an issue.
0: Well, I mean, fact, factor this in. Supposedly, it's going to be forty thousand people at the game today. That's double the size of the of the uh, of KeyBank Center. So you're talking about the capacity of two games. Mm -hmm. And I would say last night for Slovakia and the US, it was about three thousand to thirty five hundred just by just by uh, you know. And I mean, I think that I don't know what the crowds were for the preliminary games in Toronto or in Helsinki or in Montreal three years ago. But I, I would seriously doubt that, that there, there is more that, that there was significantly more than these games now I, I talked to a reporter I actually I talked to Chris Peters who we had on our on the off the post show that just came available uh, and uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> believe that there I believe that there mm-hmm. and uh, and he, he said that the crowds there compared to 2011. Were significantly less. Now that's a concern for Buffalo, but I think again there was no outdoor game in twenty. Right, and the
2: outdoor game is forty thousand seats. You, it will not only set a record, it will break a record. And I'd be shocked if they do another outdoor game because, I like, I'm I'm worried about it. Like the U.S. lost Logan Brown already, right? Yeah. Now there's players that are slightly banged up. Like on Canada, there's Clay and Fabro, and they're slightly banged up. Yeah, I keep bringing back and an, and remember this in twenty twelve. Jager yeah. played one shift, got hit into the boards, and he never played the rest of the Winter Classic. If that happens in a tournament to some top player of either U.S. or Canada, that could really change the entire tide of the tournament for that team.
0: Well, let's let's start let's start with that with you know the U.S. played, and I thought this was going to be a problem because of fatigue, but not because of what the actual outcome of the game ended up being. But the U.S. playing a game at 8 p.m. The day before the outdoor game, I thought was incredibly bad scheduling. It was just that And I understand, like you want the U.S. as the you know the main game uh, to draw the most fans. But honestly, you know, I, I think even though it was a Thursday, you know, put it at four o'clock, you probably get just. Yeah, as you had things. to be fair to the team there. <laughs> right now, so the thing is Slovakia played eight p or seven p.m. the previous day, so they would have been in the same situation. But anyway, uh, so Slovakia, the U.S. were. Supposed to beat Slovakia, that you know they, they they were the much better team. The U.S. did not show up. Their head coach Bob Motzko basically after the game said, "You know we showed spurts, but we've never put it all together." Uh, and they lost three to two. And it was you know it was one of those games where I thought the U.S. was absent in the first period. They they started to come around. Slovakia mm-hmm. gets the first goal. The U.S. come back. Slovakia takes the lead again. Casey Middlestadt makes a great play to tie the game. And then Samuel Bucic, I think Bucic. They up, is how they pronounce it. Uh, he, yeah. he scores with a couple with a couple minutes left in regulation, and there you go. He's now know, I mean, Russ, again, I thought this was a bad idea scheduling-wise, but now the U.S. go into this game. And maybe it was a, the fact that they were overlooking this game uh, in anticipation of the game against Canada.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they're kids, right? The outdoor game, many of them are playing for the first time. We saw all the pictures on social media. There's all the ticket requests. There's a lot of things that go into these outdoor games that cause distractions. We know that. Mm And NHLers can handle it better than the kids can for sure. So I think that was a part of it. But I also think a part of it, Bob Motzko needs to take a little on on his shoulders too because when Logan Brown got hurt, he didn't stop juggling lines for that entire game. And I, I wrote about some of the combinations that I liked, but he kept throwing out different combinations because things weren't working. And I think that kept them unsettled for a good part of the game. Now, I think the first period they they got over the overlooking part. I think you're right about that. But I think that bad start gave Slovakia a lot of reason to want to stay in that game. And the shot blocking was massive. I don't know again, Matsko said post game that he He was, you know, that Slovakia stuck to their game plan. Well, if you knew what the game plan was, why didn't more players do what Middlestad did and try and go around the shot blockers and do it on your own? They've got enough players, Quinn Hughes, they got enough guys that can rush the puck up and do that. They didn't do that enough. They let them block shot after shot after shot. That was a big mistake.
0: Yeah. Anthony, what, what did you think of the game? I mean,
1: for me, going especially going into this game, we talked about this – Russ hit it too, but, I mean, you and I talked about this pre-show as well with regards to – this is a lot for kids. Um, I mean, yeah. we, we talk about NHLers having – being some distractions, but they're able to handle it at this point now. This is a first time for junior hockey for this situation to occur. Mm-hmm. And for the U.S. now, they are really – it's kind of a backs, you know. They're they're going to get their backs against the wall here again in, in this game. There, it's it's a tough, tough spot. I think they've got you know a good, you know, it, it could also potentially be a rallying point for them. But the quick turnaround, at, as you said, after an eight after an eight p.m. game the night before, is is a lot. So yeah, the U.S. definitely has to make some adjustments in tactics, as Russ said. Losing Logan Brown again, they got to get things settled down. And you're right, Russ, again, the coaching and watching that the remainder of that game, yeah, the, the, they were they were kind of sticking to their own system mm-hmm. and not, you know, if you've got some individual talents here in this case, I know you don't want to necessarily break away from systems per se, but if you know what they're going to do, they yeah. want to bust that. You have to, and then it comes down to that. We've seen teams do that. They do it in the NHL as well. If your team's dropping back, then there's times you just got to let your guys' talent come through and, make, and, and start playing instinctually.
0: Yeah and the the interesting an interesting choice I mean the assumption was after the first game and uh, you know I obviously I'm focused on the the US goaltending with Joseph Wall being a leaf leaf prospect Wall played pretty good although it didn't face a ton of shots in the fir- in their first game against Denmark and Denmark is probably the worst team in the tournament but and he he played again last night and Matsko said after the game, you know, it wasn't his fault. You know, the, the the two goals, the 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 second goal and the third goal were just defensive breakdowns, and there was no way that he was going to stop them. The first goal was was pro- problematic, uh, and he, he regretted it. But that means probably they're starting Ottinger in the big game against yep. Canada, which is, Russ, if you remember, they played Wall, who was the number two last year, against yep. Canada. That just seems to be the way they go. They, I don't know if they they, they have – a lot of confidence in the depth of the goaltending or they're basically just saying, okay, well, we think we can be Canada, even with our backup.
2: No, I think they they have confidence in it. I think the difference in this one is, and I would prefer to use Ottinger in the outside is he, he covers a little more net faster than wall does walls, like a really good situational guy. But if you get him scrambling a little bit, he's not going to make that stellar, amazing save. He'll stop that point blank shot like he did last night, which is great. Yeah. But Ottinger can make that stellar uh, athletic save and sometimes with these fluky bounces outdoors you you need a guy who could do that. So I think it's a good game for Ottinger. Uh, I don't think right now I think they're going to stick to their game plan and keep with Wall unless Ottinger were to have a shutout or something then maybe that would change it. That's the right. only way though. But yeah. this game this it's funny. I, I just said on Kevin Allen's podcast, I, I made the Buffalo Bills joke. I said, I'm going to pick the U.S. in this game, but they wore Bills jerseys, and we know nobody wins in Bills jerseys. But um, <laughs> are
0: yeah, they, are they, Were they wearing those for the game? No, they just didn't. Oh, practice.
2: please. Thank God. Okay. They just didn't practice. But the, the big thing in this game is Canada does have the better defensive core than the U.S., and the U.S. may have faster skaters, but things are going to slow down in this game, I think, pretty quick. And so that's going to favor Canada because they've got a great forecheck. And the U.S. has guys that can do that, right? Like Riley Tuffy, they got plenty of big bodies that can do it. Even Middlestack can, can work that game if he has to. Not a problem. Yamamoto dealt with it in the NHL. It's not a problem. But the thing is, if that's Canada's game plan, the U.S. has really got to be ready for that. And then it will be a tight game. And I, you know, I'm a little worried now because I want to see what the line combinations are. I did like Anderson and Middlestat. I loved paling with with Kachuk. And actually, to be honest, I think I'd make that my second line now because those guys were that good that I don't care who's returning players. I don't care about any of that right now. I want my bigger guys who can grind it out in this outdoor game to get more ice time. And that's where a paling with the long reach
0: and Kachuk – with speed and long reach, little edge to him. Yeah. That's where that could really come in handy. Yeah, Kachuk last night was a, was a complete beast. I mean, I, I he, to me, he's going to be a top five pick in this draft. I mean, any team that needs. Uh, a I top think top number top, three. I yeah. I can't see. Well, I I had I had this debate last night online because a lot and, and don't get me wrong, I think Quinn Hughes is phenomenal. I think he's yes. he's got a he's a got a great skill set. He's incredibly quick. He's in. Incredibly creative on the back end. I just think the concern in the NHL, obviously, is his size. And, I, I may, you know, somebody was saying, well, Quinn Hughes is clear to the number three in, in, the, in the draft. I mean, if, if we're, we're six months away from the draft, so, you know, cool your jets. But it's, it's situational. I mean, honestly, if, yeah. if a team – if there's a team like Buffalo who needs a – you know, they're going to lose Evander Kane. They're going to trade him at the deadline. Sam Reinhardt has not been as big a hit as they thought. They're probably going to need scores on the wing to help out Jack Eichel. You know, Casey Middlestat looks like he's ready for the NHL right now. Yeah, and he's, he's one and done. He's not
2: going back to college.
0: Yeah, and, and he and he could play the play the wing, but he looks effective enough to play the, to go right into the NHL and play center right away. Yeah, he when
2: he was in the top center spot. He was winning faceoffs. It's not yeah, a
0: problem. Right. They may move Ryan O'Reilly, but honestly, if they're picking third and it's and Kachuk and Hughes are on the board, I'm thinking they're taking Kachuk because you put Kachuk with Eichel. That's right. a combo that's gonna dominate for the next decade.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think mentality-wise, too, if you watch Kachuk play, I mean, I think Mo, I think Matsko said it. He's a pit bull out there. He's an avid yeah. pit bull. And you've got two similar mindsets there for Eichel, the way he plays. Yeah. He needs a guy like Kachuk. He really – I think yeah. he needs that guy who really just wants that play, willing to do anything it takes, four-check-wise.
2: And that's the key point, Ant. When I went into the Sabres locker room the other day, it seemed like Eichel was not only more disappointed than everybody – and he probably had a couple minutes to, 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 um, to calm down, but I did watch um, the Road to the Winter Classic to kind of see what I missed because, you know, we never get in the locker room that quick. Right. And, and he was – like his face was red. He was mad about that Flyers game. And I don't think there's anybody on that team that plays to his level, his level of intensity, his level for wanting to win. And that's where I think you're right. And someone like sure. Kachuk would do that. They
1: need to, that, that's a cultural thing for that. For that. the problem is they've been beat. They've been beaten down for so darn long at this point. Now it's it's, it's, it's like organize. It's an organizational mentality. And, and
0: not 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 to make everything about Toronto, but honestly, honestly, side by side, the Leafs and the Sabers were going into the rebuilds at the same time. Mm-hmm. The Leafs got their franchise player the following year, Eichel and Buffalo in twenty fifteen, Matthews in twenty sixteen. I, I would have to think that part of part of uh, his frustration is the fact that Toronto turned it around so quickly, and it, Buff, and Buffalo
1: what, has fumbled it. The only yeah. thing, again, but part of that as well is the leadership group, uh, specifically the coach, is a huge factor here yeah. with Snapcock. You look at Dan Biles, remember they're all, oh, Dan Biles, man, he won a cup with Pittsburgh. He was pretty much hand-given, I, and I, you know – I'll give the man yeah. credit for winning a Stanley Cup, obviously, Bilesman. But in terms of him being a, you know, he he had a lot of parts that he had in play there. And but he that, and that's because of Shiro right? Shiro' a really good GM. Put that together. We're seeing evidence obviously of how great right. that Shiro right. could put together in Jersey. But what
2: let Buffalo down was Murray. Murray was not a good GM. He may have been a good scout where yeah. he was you know, able to scout some talent. But the yes. trades, he gave up way too much in trades. Yeah.
1: yeah. Signings, really money to but I would say also, coaching as well is huge. Yeah. The- oh, it is.
0: It is. I, I think. I, th- I think that Evander Kane, Zach Bogosian – I keep. I keep calling him Eric Bogosian. <laughs> I've been watching talk radio too much. Um. But Zach. But that, that Evander Kane, Zach Bogosian deal was disastrous for this team. Not because they gave up Kyler Mars, but because they gave up young guys. They gave up draft picks. They gave up Armia, who's uh, an effective. Armia is really good. You know, uh, Brand- Lemieux might be an NHLer. I mean, you know, right. they gave up depth guys, but they took on ten million dollars in salary that they really didn't have to do. And Anyway, let's go back to the World Junior, just touch on a couple of the other games. Uh Finland, Denmark. I thought one of the w- one of the most dastardly uh, uh, things that occurred yesterday was the fact that Denmark, the Denmark goaltender, I think his name was Krog, yeah. uh faced mm-hmm. 62 shots yes. yeah. from Finland.
2: He and, shook his head at the end of the game. Like I, I felt bad for that kid. Well, no,
0: this is this is this is the thing that made me sick. The in-game a presentation at KeyBank Center. Lukkonen or Lukanen, whoever you probably pronounce, the Finnish goaltender is a Sabres draft pick. Right. The Danish goalie faces sixty-two shots. Who gets the save of the game? But Lukanen? Yeah. And and the 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 player of the game for Denmark was the guy who scored the goal, not the guy who made fifty-eight saves. It was yeah. a joke. Now I got to add.
2: Well, look, I even thought. When they gave on television Brady Kachuk player of the game in the U.S. game Samuel Buchek was the player of the game. It wasn't. Well, no, they have either. one for each. Well, but they only announced Brady Kachuk on the NHL Network. I
1: oh, they they probably. did. There's no reason why the goaltender, uh, why Krogh shouldn't have been named for. Yeah. The demo. That and, was and, that was nuts. And what are they giving away,
2: Mike? La- last year it was Shaver, <laughs> it was razors. What are, what did they what are they getting
0: this year? I I I, th- I think and, I haven't noticed. I, yeah, I I, I didn't notice. I think there was Zip- bar sauce. Yeah, sauce. <laughs> yes, and 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 the actually actually I think they got it right. The the winner for the player of the game for Slovakia was the goalie was Derny. and he and he deserved it. He, play, he played fantastic. I still think I think it was Buczek. I'm telling you, Derny was good. Buczek won that game for him. Well, I mean, the other, the, the, uh, I can't remember his name, but the other another forward. Yeah, the other guy the two had two goals, goals too, but so.
2: Butchek also had both assists. Really, kind of set that guy up. No, one,
0: one thing um, about Cech,
2: that was it? it's something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember one 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 thing about that Finland game was uh, Tolvanen, the national draft pick, had yeah. eleven shots on goal and yeah. played phenomenal. Yeah. Now there was an article in the uh, Adam Vinian in the Tennessean saying that more than likely after the KHL season is over with, depending on how far his team – I think he's with the Okerit, right? Uh, how far his team yeah. goes, um, that Tolvenin will be signed or probably will be signed by the Predators. And, you know, there's been precedent before where somebody – they get signed and they get put right in the lineup. I mean, hes he would be a matchup problem, Russ, if they put him on the third or fourth line.
2: Yeah, he'd be an upgrade to, like, Harry Z, I think um. – Laviolette would be happy to have him. Now, look, he doesn't play a complete game. He'll never play a complete game in his life, but Laviolette knows how to deal with those guys. And Tolvanen, you put him on the ice, and he is a shot machine, and he will score goals. Like, he just will. It's just, again, I think last year teams got lost in the fact that he didn't get into college, but he didn't get into college because his transfer credits were a problem. Right. I went to community college. I knew when I was transferring from NASA community to the University of Houston, I had to go to certain schools that would accept all or most of my credits. But when you're coming from Finland, you don't know until the last minute. Anthony's a teacher. He could speak to this better. Yes. That was the reason he ended up not going to college and playing in the KHL. And Honestly, I think that hurt him in, in the draft.
0: Yeah, my my credits at Buffalo State wouldn't have, tra- wouldn't have transferred to Yale, uh, right? In, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, okay, let, let's skip the we'll skip Russia, Switzerland. Other than the, the Russia, the Russians won. It, it was it was ironic they put Russia and Switzerland at the small venue with with fifteen hundred seats, and it actually was what well, was well attended. Uh, but if it was playing in KeyBank Center, it would have looked like it was basically empty. Um, Sweden, now, that game's on my DVR. I didn't even get to see it yesterday. Yes. Yeah, uh, Sweden and uh, and the Czech Republic was a pretty interesting game, not as one-sided as people would have thought. But, you know, the Czechs are actually, I think, pretty decent. They have some NHL, NHL-level NHL talent that's on that team. Philip
2: Zadina is certainly going to be
0: top yeah, ten in the draft. And he was the one who scored the goal for, for the Czechs. And, uh you know, Neckish was unbelievable again. But yeah, he, uh, he's one of the best players in the tournament. But I'm, you know, I'm really, you know, I mean, it, what an understatement or what a uh, obvious thing to say. But I'm really impressed with Sweden, not only not only because of Dalene, but because of the depth on that team. Their power play is incredible, uh, with with Pedersen, with Leah Anderson, with Dahlin, uh and and Alex. Pedersen and Dalene seem to have like
2: a chemistry that's really hard to get in a short tournament, and the way they pass the puck to each other, it's just like once it goes from one to the other, you you basically either have to look at the net or on the other side for a scoring chance because both of those guys can kill you. So, yeah, you don't want to put them on the power play. That's the secret to beating Sweden.
0: Yeah, and Anthony, um, you know, for the for Leaf fans, they, 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 there was some excitement watching that game because, not you know, Lilia Grin has been sold to them as – a purely offensive guy, as a great skater. Well, he showed some open ice hitting ability in that game. He he nailed Neckish, uh in the second period with a with a clean check along the boards, and then he he walloped a Czech defenseman right near the check bench in the third. I I, it's in my blog on Hockey Buzz it's, a, it's a, per, a perfect hit shoulder to chest and he and he nailed him uh you know the, that dimension to his game was not not sold when we were talking about him at the draft last June and that if that's part of his game going forward that's gonna make him even more of a of a gem of a prospect
1: in some ways he kind of reminds me a little bit of Shane Gosper, and the fact that they sometimes sneak up on you with regards to their fit you know, despite you know in terms of chain, chain size obviously now, nhl size but originally when he came in he has the potential to bomb guys now are they ever going to be you know norris trophy defensive level defensive level no not necessarily but it's good to know that you could at least do that now again part of that will be as he gets to the pro level Mm -hmm. climbing of those things he might be able to bomb a guy at at this level at the pro level he's going to have to probably be even more careful in terms of picking his spot so Right. No, Lilligren, I love it. I, you know, I think he's going to be an outstanding. I think he's got potential to be a really outstanding player for the Leafs. It's just, I go through this 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 Swedish lineup, and it's just fantastic, especially forward core wise. Yeah, yeah. First two lines are just fantastic. When you got Pedersen and not Neilander on that second line. Although uh,
2: nylander has been up and down, he had a nice goal. No, I'm just in
1: terms of pure talent level. He's been up and down, yeah. but I like Nylander in general. But it's it's I, I, and I'm obviously I'm a, I like I like Elias Anderson and yes for okay. as well. I thought yeah. Bokos yeah. was one of the better draft. Is, was one of the better picks in that draft for the draft. In the draft, and again, yeah, Red Shiro again. We I, know, know. I mean Ray Shiro. Ray Shiro. Yeah, Ray. Ray just uh, I think he got a really good one. I mean overall. This Swedish team, yeah, I think there's a chance that this is a potential medalist team. And no, they'll, they'll medal. I, I think they yeah. will medal. What I was gonna say about Lilliger and Mike is, yeah, this is the first
2: time he's healthy. And remember, last year, what did he play for? Like three different teams. Like yeah. when you do that, that as a young true. four yeah, when you do that as a young player, that does mess with They're your heads, I think
1: yeah. We're
2: seeing it, his game fully settled in now, and I think. Some of these things weren't revealed beforehand. But, again, there's always this rhetoric. Like, people will, will say the same thing about Quinn Hughes. Like, right. hey, he's a mostly offensive defenseman. You know, he had the best defensive play in, in the U.S. game yesterday, too, where sh- we shut down one of the Slovak guys on the on w- the wing coming in. So that does happen. It's just the and, way it is.
0: And I asked Lilligran on, on Tuesday um, after, after the game against Belarus, I mean, whether playing for one team, playing for the Marlies, has helped in terms of – you know just stability and he said you know it's been great he's he's acclimating himself to north america but when he goes back to play for sweden they play a completely different style than than north, the north american style and there's a bit of an adjustment and i think in the first game he was good but i think there was a little bit of that adjustment for the first half and then this game he was stepping in and a couple times that they used him and daline together that that was that was a phenomenal pairing yeah. Uh, I, I just have to just have to say this about Darlene. To me, I mean, obviously, it's it's an understatement to say that he's phenomenal talent, and he's more nobody's likely, ever said that, Mike. Nobody. Yeah, more than like more than likely, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. But you see. I mean, I hate the comparatives and stop with the Hedman stuff. Stop with the Lidstrom stuff. I mean, that's well, he can't too be much Hedman because he's not as big. Yeah,
2: he can't right. be
0: Lidstrom because
2: nobody will ever be Nick Lidstrom. Like it's no. like, yeah, yeah, I agree with but,
0: you. But but he but as as a 200-plus pound defenseman, he's got the skill level and the moves of a five foot ten defenseman. I think I think he's as skilled as Branstrom, who's on who's on his defensive pairing, yes. and that's saying a lot because Branstrom's pretty damn skilled.
2: Yeah, no, he is, and 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 he's faster than Branstrom, and he is a generational guy. Like he's he is that special. He's got a great shot. There will be a time when you know he'll be challenged, but it's not now. Uh, the, the funny thing, the other thing too, I, I brought up on on the other podcast is the way to always find a younger player in these games is by it's because they're wearing the cage, and I don't understand what the thinking is behind that. Do they have like are their jaws not as developed? When they're a couple of years younger, do they think it's going to prevent them from a head injury? Like I don't understand why the younger players wear the cage. I I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't know, but I I noticed that. I mean, I was, it's sort of like the Dominic Hassick cage, yeah. the you know the Arter Zerbe type of thing.
1: Well, Russ, this is something you got to go and ask.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. bow.
1: Yeah, you're curious now. You got now you got now you got to get up to Buffalo. Uh-huh. We're
2: gonna have to uh, start. If I ask Renee Fasel about that, he'll start talking about ticket sales.
0: <laughs> okay, let's, let's let's shift to the NHL, and we have to we have to start we have to start with the announcement of three pretty key injuries that uh, from yesterday. We we uh, now the Chris Kreider thing uh, in the game against Washington, where he, he left the ice in the first period. It's sp it's sp- uh, spurred a bunch of rumors online. Um, you know, it was, I mean, everybody was talking about it and then it comes out after the game that Elaine Vino said he had an upper body injury. And then the following day, it comes out with a spontaneous blood clot in his right arm. And now he is out indefinitely. Now, I, you know, I know people who've had blood clots, Russ, that means a severe course of blood thinners over weeks yeah. and weeks. And bed and rest, right? And you can't really move yeah. around.
1: No, you can't. Um, I remember this with Dmitry Skvortz years ago when he had yes. a blood clot in his leg. It was really, it was particularly scary. You have to be because
2: it could go to your heart. And, and,
1: also, take a look to yes. see if it's going to happen. And exactly because it could detach and end up in the brain. That's it. The You're brain done. And the heart and it's just, that's it. Yeah. you know That's it. There's no, you know, and you have to be extremely. If the fact that they found it as quickly as they did is good. They may not have been sure about it when they set up her body. I guess maybe yeah. they sent them for testing and everything. And now then, Dupuis played with blood thinners eventually, right? Pascoe. Yeah, but, but
0: that was one of the reasons he retired early because they were right. having such
1: a sort of a detrimental effect. And you have to see, And the key thing is that now you have to be really on alert because if you start to see repeats of it, that right. means right. you're going to have to stop playing. It's because right. now this is something you're going to be on for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um. Certainly talked this over with. I remember this happening, and I remember talking about this with my wife, who's a physician. Yeah. And that, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, was the
2: Nat, former Nashville goalie that had it, too?
1: Yeah. I remember. Check uh, goalie. He was good. He was he had a retired goalie. Oh, oh Bocoon. 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 Was Thomas Vokun. Same thing. Yeah. Vokun had the same issue. Yeah, once, yeah. It happened late in his career, though, but yeah. It, it it's once you, you see a repetition of it. Um, yeah. if that happens once it's one thing. But even then. But it could happen
2: because of yeah. trauma, right? He may have gotten it because of trauma.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Mm hmm. And they won't. And they won't know. And I mean, yeah. the, the clot will have to dissolve. He'll go on a course of, of, of yeah. blood thinners for weeks. Right. Then
1: he'll. You know. Then probably And then, upset. And then after that, Mike, it's constant yeah. monitoring. It yes, yeah. yeah. it is yeah. constant monitoring to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. No. Um, that it does. That's usually second time. Yeah. Then, then you're then time. you're in big trouble. Yeah. Um. The now the
0: second the second injury that uh, they're describing it as week to week. And this comes on top of Calvin Dehan being out for, I believe, the season, wasn't it, yeah, Russ? He's up for, year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now Johnny Boychek is now on IR with a with a lower body injury. Now that that to me that gives rise to the speculation that Act mentioned last week about, and not necessarily Branson, because I, I I still think Gabranson's a better fit with other teams, um, but the now with you know, Boychuk contributes offensively, Dehan does as well. I think the Islanders. You know, if Detroit's ready to sell and my, a guy like Mike Green is out there, I I think they're gonna they, they may step up either for him or somebody like him. They they you know they called up Seba- the other Sebastian Aho right Bridgeport, but I don't think that's a long term solution. I think that no, he's pretty
2: good, and then they have Pulak. Like they'll get by. Gabranson could oh. help him now mm-hmm. because I think unfortunately, I think Boychuk's career now more resembles Gabranson than it does. The former boy Chuck, who had a little bit of offensive push, yeah. so I think I think they'd be fine with either. But they, we knew they were going to have to get one anyhow because of their yeah. goaltending. This just again, this is just a big problem now for the Islanders because with all the offense, with all the goals they're scoring, which is almost the best in in the in the conference, they've given up the most, and so yeah. I don't know how they're coming out of this.
0: And I and I I don't know how much interest the Islanders had in, in Robin Leonard, but the 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 missive that he let go after the game basically yeah, that's going to be Garth's not going to like that yeah I mean uh, I mean
1: it's not going to be like by it's at the end of the day it's not going to be like by a lot but by a lot of National Hockey League teams so Leonard has to be a little bit careful with that yeah because yeah I mean float something yeah. out like that some may look at it and say he's just speaking out of frustration he said he's 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 he's, he's said some kind of wacky stuff in the past as well. But I mean goalies are goalies, I know. They're all they're their own breed. But you may you throw that kind of aspersion out, you know, people start, you know, there's I think there's he's gotta be careful with that.
2: Yeah, I, I do agree. And and look, we saw the replay. Now he doesn't get to see the replay, right? He's he's just going with the heat of, of battle, but yeah, you know he's gotta know that he's playing for his next contract and yes. he's gonna probably
0: get traded. Yeah. That was it. Was a bad look for him. I, I think that I think a comment like that and the lack of composure that he that he showed is going yeah. to scare off. I mean, there may be teams out there that are so desperate for goaltending, like the Islanders. I think uh, that they'll, they'll they'll still take a chance on him. But he boosted you know, Arendell's value. That's what he did. There you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. And the and the third major injury um, was uh, <laughs> was Mark Shifley, who. <clears throat> left the game against Edmonton uh I don't know if it was a collision, but I know it was an upper body injury and it came out that he's out six to eight weeks. Now, you know, Winnipeg's in the top three in the central. They're they, they have depth offensively, but we're talking about one of their probably their two best forwards. It's either him him and Wheeler or him or him and Line a if you want to ascend line A that high right now. But I mean this is a big loss for the Jets. Huge. I mean he's one of the best centers in, in hockey. So it's huge, but right now
2: Hellebuck's playing so well that I think they can get by. Like, this is the first time we've seen the Winnipeg Jets get great goaltending while having an almost elite offense at this point. Their offense will will take a hit, but I got to tell you, now this is a big deal because now I think Hellebuck could carry on.
0: Yeah, I mean he he hadn't shown that ability in the past. I I still I'm still a little. Questionable about the strength of Winnipeg's defense. They've been able to cover up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, the, the Kulekoff uh, addition has helped them. Myers coming back has helped them. Truba's having a solid year. I don't know whether Bufflin is is back or not, but I know he had he had an injury before the break. Um, you know, so, but I, I'm not uh, not 100 sure of the strength of their defense. The only time
1: I've seen them this oh, year was they got a. I think they got a good. Uh, they've got a, a solid four. I think yeah. if you get to third pair. That's where the concern's going to lie, and that's probably. I think if Winnipeg makes a move potentially, it's going to be in that area for something in terms of depth for that for that third pair. Uh, yeah, and- I,
2: I agree. I think that's where they're they're shooting at. And there, think- there is a fourth injury now, Mike. It's not as major, yeah, but it could. You know, we don't know. I mean, Matt Murray's now got an LBI again. Oh, boy. And this is a problem. Like, this is – he is now getting into Brobroski territory where he's in, he's out. It's probably groin. We don't know. But if it's not groin,
0: it's knee. And, and, you know – well, it sounds. I mean, it, I saw that Casey DeSmith got re- recalled from Wilkes-Barre. So I, I mean, assuming now, right now, it's still it's Jar it's Jarrion DeSmith and Le- and Michael Layton is probably holding down the fort in the AHL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's fine. He could he can do that if you're depending on Michael Layton to win games. Yeah, he he
2: made sixty something saves in a game one, so I'm not worried about Layton. Yeah, but the I think he made sixty eight saves or something. That was that was crazy. But um. But I just worry about Matt Murray now because he seems to have the injury bug. And when goalies get the injury bug, that's a problem. And especially a problem if you're trying to repeat as a champion.
0: Yeah, I I have a feeling Jim Rutherford is going to be on the phone to his – to his old assistant, uh, Jason Bottrell, asking him what, what Chad Johnson would cost because Linus yeah. Omark is playing very well down with Rochester in the AHL. Yeah. I think they want to give him the opportunity to play a lot of games and Chad Johnson can step in as a, as a, you know, a one B on occasion. He did it with Calgary. He did it in Buffalo in the past. I think they need somebody who can take a little bit of the burden off of Matt Murray when he does come back and, you know, this to them being he's, Russ, he's been hurt every year. Yeah, so and this is multiple times this year. Yeah. Um, touching on a few of the games in the NHL last night, uh, the the Bruins uh, – where is that? Sorry about that.
2: Yeah, that was a game. That was an interesting game. What was a 4-3 uh, uh, Washington? Yeah. yeah. That, Thank you. that was a game where the Bruins let their foot off the gas pedal – Washington made a great comeback. I was watching part of that game. But I got to tell you, this is a game where Washington owns the Bruins right now, and and Ovechkin seems to do great against the Bruins. He can't do anything against the Rangers. And it's just weird how you get these disparities and these matchup problems because everything Ovechkin couldn't do in the Ranger game, he did against the Bruins. Yeah. He got the shootout goal. He didn't get the night before. He looked great in that game. It's just – it's crazy, but Washington's starting to, to feel it a little bit, and that is a problem for teams in the East. Holpe did let up a horrible goal, though. I mean, it was a, a flutterer. Back, a goal.
1: Considering the fact that Holpe pretty much dominant, you know, up until that, you know, he's, yeah. he's pretty dominant against against Boston. Yeah. So to see that kind of goal, there was interesting to certainly see that. But in terms of overall, again, they still maintain their uh, – yeah. They're Vulcan mind meld on them, I guess. So if you want to put it that way, uh,
0: Tampa Tampa Bay beats the Canadians three one, and th- again, this is uh, sort of symptomatic of of what the Canadians are right now. You got Carey yeah. Price and pretty much not much else.
2: It was Drew return to Tampa too, which again we all believed that Tampa won the trade the minute they made the trade, but Washington, I mean, you know, the Canadians were desperate and and they got what they got. And and Price was pretty
0: good in that game. It wasn't Price's fault. Yeah, no, no. That, that, that's, the, that's the problem. They don't... They, they, he can't they don't, score. Right. And they can't win every game one nothing. Right. That, that, that's the problem. And th- this is the thing. I think the Sergachev for Duran deal is a pretty good deal for both sides. They're both getting talented players. But the mistake, the mistake in this deal was to trade for Drouin and to move him and make him your number one center. How much more pressure are you going to put on the guy? Put him on the wing. He's a top six top six winger. He can score 30 to 35 goals if you just leave him alone and put him in that role. But you're going to put more pressure on him. He's undersized for being a number one center. I think he's ill-suited to be one. He's mm-hmm. created enough offensively. But it's just dumb. It was that, that, that kind of pressure to put on him is yeah. just dumb. I agree. I, I wasn't a fan, but I said they had to
2: try it because that's all they had. But yeah, they've got to be looking for a solution for that. But it's not going to happen this year for them.
0: No. Um, and, you know, and, and Anthony Sergachev
1: is, I mean, I think he's up there for Rookie of the Year. I mean, I, I, love, I love Sergachev. That's one of the best parts of it. When I saw the trade go down, I was like, DBY, man. I mean, he knew it. He, did, he got himself. It's possible to have another franchise level defense when you've already have – you know, when you already have uh, Victor Hedman, yep. it's, you know, he, I lo- I've i loved Sergachev for quite some time. It was one of the things that kind of bugged me a little bit about the deal because, again, I feel like Tampa, Montreal has a difficult time getting themselves out of their own end to begin yep. with. And they've moved away a lot of the op- defensemen who have a bit of an offensive end to of their game. Yeah. a guy like him. Hello. Yeah. And that's what's yes. going to happen.
0: I'm just going to mute you, Russ, because you're on the phone. <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, well, let's talk about this game because I, I I didn't see any of it because I was at the World Junior game, but I'm sure you watch a little bit of it, Anthony. The uh, yeah. the Pan- the Panthers and the Flyers. Panthers mm-hmm. win three to two. Um, surprisingly, James Reimer for the Panthers ever since Luongo, and Reimer did this in Toronto. There were stretches where he could yeah. play really really well, and then it would it would make. Leaf fans pull out their hair. That then he would have four or five games where he couldn't stop a beach ball. I mean, the the the, the key to a, to a to a guy who's a number one goaltender is more than anything consistency, and he never had it. But right now, right now, Reimer's is playing pretty well. He okay. is play- Reimer
1: played a good game. Sorry, yeah, he is playing. He he played a good game, but I would also say to you, Philadelphia was extremely sluggish in this game coming out of the gate. They really. Uh, I don't think they – you know, even with the shots, uh, the shot just, you know, I believe total numbers there was one – I think in the second period when they gave up two goals, they outshot Florida. It's just I felt there was a lot of perimeter play from Philadelphia in this case where they weren't really getting as much traffic in front. They didn't start getting enough traffic in front until later in the game, basically until the third period. Um, the first goal that Jared McCann uh, scored on Brian Elliott – I mean, I just I just finished off writing a piece on Elliott for uh, Center Ice Philly Magazine. It's a goal that, honestly, I mean, I know there was a little bit of a screen on the play, but it was not one of Brian Elliott's better moments. I mean, he got caught with that shot, and it banked in on him pretty badly. He's playing too much, though, right? He's playing a load. That's my other point is the fact that the load he's playing. Now, he's played well. I mean, listen, he He has has goalies in the NHL in December. Neuwirth are second second two weeks in a row. But it's a load that is not necessarily what he normally is used to having. And, again, with Neuberth being at it, let's face it, Neuberth's been up in, you know, alien eight games in this year, not particularly good at, at all. So they he's had to shoulder the load, Elliot, and he's going to have those moments where he's going to be giving up. So – and now he's got got Tampa tonight. Haven't gotten word yet on who's starting. I'm assuming it's still going to be Elliot. They're going to want him to probably get right back in net again. I don't know. I would put Neuberth in. I got to give Elliot. I Elliott don't a break. know against Tampa. You're going to again. That's a case where you know that may have been a case where they kind of had a little bit of bad taste in their mouth, and they'll go with that. Plus, they're off for a couple days after this. Come yeah. on, yeah. back, back, I, I don't, honestly, I don't see Neuberth getting back in net because of the games coming up. These are team. They got they got Pittsburgh coming up. They've got the Islanders next week, and they've got St. Louis coming up next Saturday, and then they have a back-to-back again with Buffalo. Heck, you might see Noivert in one of those games, yeah. but there's enough spacing in between where they feel like they can give him a breather, at least one or two days off here, and they're still trying to climb back in the standings. And if they feel like uh, Elliott's the guy who's going to give them the best chance to win, I'll give you I'll give you two hallmarks of the of the Haxtell system:
2: two failings. One is the goaltending. He definitely rides one of them too heavy all the time. There's never a good balance when you have two guys. He 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 tends you to fall back to on That's that. That's
1: the thing. He does he with with Neuberth being out as long as he was, and I don't know, again, he doesn't but I would have thought one of these two games would have been a break for Elliot at some point. Yeah, or put a lion at some point in one of but not this these two games. I I figured my guess was originally before lineups were announced, they were gonna put Neuvirth in for this one and then play Elliott against Tampa. Yeah. Right
2: that's what I thought too.
1: But I guess they figure with a long with enough of a stretch being off they go with Elliot here they had enough of a rest and then I guess we'll find out tonight. We'll find out shortly whether or not you know who's going to be a net. But
0: uh, obviously, Dave Haxtell has gone to the Lindy Ruff school of of goaltending uh, rotation because yeah. you know this is like when he had Ryan Miller and he'd play him for twenty seven straight games and only pull him not land. to that degree, but it's yeah. close. It's getting it's but getting down
1: worse. in the standings. They're trying to climb back in at the same time, and if they don't, you know, I know we have to space these things out, but I think there's a little bit more of a comfort zone when you actually are in playoff position than not eleventh in the conference and trying to make up for a 10-game winless streak that you had earlier in the season.
2: Okay, now the second part of the hallmark of the Dave Haxtell system, the failing, is with that number one power play, how many shorthanded goals and shorthanded goal attempts
1: are they going to give up? Because they give up a lot. Well, I mean, right now their power play is not – their special teams are not good at all right now. But but the shorthanded part is what bugs me because it's like – There's a lot of confidence there. There's a definite – they're still shifting things around. Lineup wise, trying to figure things out. And I feel like there's like a lack of, there's not a very good communication set there. And then when we oh, get yeah. to the penalty killing, oh, you know, yeah. that's that's really been one of the biggest Achilles seals all year. 29th overall in the league. You're not going to be a playoff team if your pen, penalty kills that bad.
0: Just quickly touching on a couple other games. We've run out of superlatives to talk about the Golden Knights. Russ can show you his, uh, his hoodie. Um, they went they went three they were three to two in overtime on a over the LA Kings on a David Perron goal. Um, so now they're they've extended their lead in the Western Conference, which is just, just baffling.
2: I will say this Marsh Salt is really the real deal. I thought he was a guy that was a product of a lot of ice time and and taking advantage of that. But you know what? He has really turned the corner and I liked him as a young player, and then I sort of got Ice, not ice cold, but lukewarm on him, and I got to tell you, he's he's, he's going to get a long term contract. He's
0: scoring at a point per game pace, which is on. Yeah, incredible. he needs a
2: long term contract. He does. Now, um,
0: a an old an old soldier had a wonderful night last night in Vancouver, uh, and I'm sure GM Jim Benning is the most happy that the, this happened. Thomas Vanek scores two goals and three assists <laughs> against the Blackhawks for a in a five two uh, Vancouver victory. Uh, Russ, I mean, I think it's pretty certain now that with Vancouver, with the injuries that they've had, and that they
1: started to fall back. Was Anton
0: Forsberg in that, Mike? Um, I don't know. I believe he was. I would, I would assume so because you might explain,
1: would, explain a bit. Let's see, yeah. that
0: helps a little. Well, I'm, I'm looking up the stats.
1: It's Let's see, hold on.
0: Either him or JF Barube. So it's, yeah, uh, here we go, here we go, and. Your goaltenders were Anton Forsberg. Remember, he was the steal of that <laughs> trade, Mike. I want to point that out. Yes, he was,
2: <laughs> he was, he
0: was the steal. But, but, okay. While Panarin keeps scoring, we, by we, the way. Yeah, we, yeah, we, know, we know that Vancouver, based on their slippage in the standings, based on the injuries that they've incurred, they're probably going to be sellers at the deadline. And you know, Vanek, like he was last year in Detroit, was brought in on a one-year deal. And when Detroit traded them, they got. I think they got a second round pick. They they got something fairly decent. Yeah. This it's is good.
2: yeah.
0: This, I okay. I know that right now, Pitts. You know, Pittsburgh amongst a number of teams are looking for you know depth at forward, and maybe Vanek is too slow for Pitts for Pittsburgh. But I think some team out there is going to probably give up a second round pick for Thomas Vanek.
2: It's really weird because Vanek does fit in with a lot of teams regular season. And then when it comes to crunch time, like, and I I should say the easy part of the regular season, like when it came to crunch time, who was it with Florida? His, his last trading that he
0: looked horrible. He never, fit in, and I have an explanation for that. He's a top, he's a top six forward. He's got to play in front of the net on the power play. He's an offensive guy. They put him as a third line guy. He can't, he doesn't have enough speed to check. And you know he needs creative guys to play with. And if he you know that would be
2: like putting Nolan Patrick with
0: Dan, with Dale Weesh, You're right. Yeah. Right. So I mean nobody yeah, would ever do that. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. Um, we'll skip over Sharks. Sharks. Flames. Sharks win three to two. You know, uh, in a shootout. Uh, Joe Pavelski with the winner. Um, the Leafs play in Arizona last night, and as typical, of the Leafs. You know they score seven goals, but there's still something negative there because they go up three nothing, score three goals in a span of like two and a half minutes in the first period, and almost give away all three all three goals in about a minute and a half. I mean Arizona's got a lot of talent offensively, but you know it was like Josh Archibald and uh, and uh, I can't remember who scored the second goal, and it was completely defensive breakdowns on the part of the Leafs. Now they outscored. But are any Leafs leads ever every- safe? This no, year. Well, no. well, when, when, Not really. when and, and I, you know, Freddie Anderson gave a four goals yesterday, but he played well. It was just mostly yeah. just defensive breakdowns. And yeah. again, they got, they for for a month, month and a half. And you when when they were in Philadelphia, you saw this, they were trying to play that conservative road style, keep everything to the yeah. outside, yeah. get to overtime type of type of thing, which I don't think this team can do. This right. is how they have to win and this is not how you win in the playoffs. So again, that's why I'm a little skeptical unless they go out before the deadline and add some players in terms of defensemen. Whether they can, you know, I don't think I think they can get get by the first round and beat whoever they play in the first round. But uh, good luck trying to get by Tampa. It
2: depends, Mike. You know, there's so many teams that are sort of limping this year that there's going to be some tough eighth seed teams this year. <laughs> some and so like I don't know. I don't know who the Leafs will actually match up against, but this year's matchups are going to be weird. Like, there's going to be some matchups where you say, "Ooh, they'd have been well, better off being matched up against this team rather than that team."
0: Well, if Tampa's the Tampa's the top in the Eastern Conference and they face a Rangers or an Islanders or Pittsburgh, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, then there might be a way that if Toronto is in second or third place in the Atlantic, they can get get out of the out of the Atlantic. But I mean, that would take you know. The, I don't. I don't perceive Tampa as being a team who's going to. You know, they. I think they can overcome those teams. They're they're that talented. And that well, extreme.
2: Tampa does have a thing over the Rangers. They would beat the Rangers. I'm yeah. pretty unless the Rangers make some amazing move at the deadline. I, I'm pretty sure they'll beat the Rangers. So if that were the matchup, they'd get past that. But it would be tough. It would be a long series.
0: Now, a couple. Go ahead. Go ahead I, think. I was gonna say it would be, it would be a six
1: gamer. I would yeah. to me, that series. If I had to pick it.
0: Now, yeah, you know, couple couple things, uh, and just just briefly. Ah, uh, Kadri gets elbowed by Lawson Krause. He's out for the rest of the game. It was early in the first period. After the game, Mike Babcock says, "I thought he was coming back, and I think he's going to play tomorrow." Which is the same, basically, the same thing he said when Austin Matthews bumped with Morgan Riley, and Austin Matthews was off for two and a half weeks. He did say, "I don't know. I have to confer with the medical staff." Yeah. But there's, uh, but it's always. Yeah, I think he's going to be back right away. Just, I think, sort of get, to get away from the press and the questions. Mm-hmm. And then – He does that. And he,
2: he – look, there's a tactic that some coaches take in this league, and they do it in the NFL, and Bill Belichick is the master of it, and that is he never talks to the trainer. He doesn't want to know anything, so he could tell you he doesn't know anything. And yeah. like that's their insulation
0: from that. And and the the other interesting little note is Curtis McElhaney all of a sudden came down with a – Wink, wink. Lower body injury, yeah. and tonight Calvin Pickard has been yeah. called up from the Toronto Marlies, where he has played very well. Goals against around two point two, real winning record, save percentage in the nine twenties or nine thirties, and he gets the start against his former team, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I hope McElhaney's only renting. That's my hope for him. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I when they, when they made that trade. And McElhinney, is hitting, he had a 41-save shutout against Edmonton. He's had a couple good games, but he's also had a couple games where I thought he was Curtis McElhinney. So yeah, sure.
2: when they hey, got well, He can find him. a roommate in Jonas Enroth. I mean, Badcock's creating roommates
0: now. <laughs> Enroth is in the KHL, Russ. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, well. McElhinney could end up there too next year. So, okay, any plans for New Year's Eve?
2: Well, I won't be in Buffalo. Excuse me, so that's good. That's a plus because New Year's <laughs> Eve in Buffalo is never good.
0: Wait, I, so, well, you got to remember, we got to put this in context. Russ and I celebrated New Year's Eve at a Buffalo Wild Wings in, I think, it was Etobicoke, Ontario, watching the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, plenty of appetizers and wings, and then, suggestion. <laughs> 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 so, so it would obviously be better than that, but
2: uh, I'll be on Long the- Island. I'll be with my oldest friend. And, and so that'll be good. We'll we'll have a good time, I'm sure.
1: Anthony? For me, uh, my wife and I are going to go out to, we're going to be away from, we're going to go away from the city. Not towards Philadelphia, but further out. We're going out to a Korean restaurant in, um, in Newtown. Nice. And then afterwards, are supposed to go to Triumph Brewery up in New Hope and ring in the new year there. So they're doing like a thing there. So I have to, I have to confirm whether or not the reservations are not there. But I don't think you do. And then New Year's Day, we got we, as you know, my wife being Russian, the Russians treat New Year's the way that we treat that Americans treat Christmas. So right. we'll be at my my aunt, my my um my wife's aunt's house. That's the- an all day eatathon, right? It's again on the next several days between the fam between the family holiday get together, which happens tomorrow. Right. The, my family, the Italians. Then you got New Year's Eve. With what Nina and I are doing, and then New Year's Day is the Russian Eatathon. Yeah. I'm probably going to be up to about 194, 195 pounds by the end. Cholesterol rising. Stock. Yeah, is, I'll need to
0: just you know, stock and Alka Seltzer is rising daily. As I'm going to be on, the, have to be on my,
1: the, the, the treadmill for a good week solid to cut, <laughs> some, of this, cut some of this out and eating soup. Yes, so that's pretty much how my New Year's is going to go. I'm looking forward to it, though. Mine,
0: nice. mine will be the most exciting because I'll be at the Key Bank Center covering the 8 p.m. game uh, at the World Junior. And then if I, by some miracle, get out of there before 12, I'll probably end up at some, some bar.
2: What will you do? Will you go
0: by the Jim Kelly
2: statue, Mike, to, to bring in the New Year? What will you do?
0: There is a Jim Kelly statue?
2: No, there's not. That was a joke. No, no, I was. Um, <laughs> I know, I was like, what, "What are you talking Actually, about?" There probably should be one for Jim Kelly, the writer, more than the quarterback. Yes,
1: yes, I, I agree with that. Mike will park, park in front of the bar, but it'll be wide left. I I walked by the statue of Tim Horton last
0: night as I was walking to my car, and somebody had put a donut <laughs> a donut on the stick. <laughs> On that note, for Anthony
2: Mangione, for – Oh, wait, wait. Actually, one last thing. Sorry. Um, In the chat room, there was a question that was asked about the Devils, what I thought they would do at the deadline. I uh, think they need a winger. If they were to get like a a, a second line or a third line winger that could kick in some goals for them, they could be really dangerous heading into the playoffs because they're going to be a playoff team. So that's my thought
0: about the Devils. The addition of Vatman has helped their defense. They're still scoring, and Schneider is playing great. So, yeah, I mean, they're – you know – Vegas and, and each year sure has brought it to another level now. Like I thought yes. he would when he's comfortable. Yes, he has, and it will. And we'll be, we'll be talking about the Devils and many other teams in the new year as we get closer to the February 26th trade deadline. Yep. Thanks for watching for the entire year of 2017. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, I believe, for the next Hockey bus. Who knows? Game. Whenever we're back, I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll announce it. Uh, for Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen. I'll I might be in really Buffalo know. at that time. So Thanks for watching, and I'm going to cut him off. And remember, without the bus, it's just hockey. Anchor
1: bar!